You may be thinking fall is time for the garden to go to sleep, but it's not yet. It might be getting a little chilly. The sun might not be as high, but we're here to give you a garden update and it may not be as bad as you think right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, I stuttered my way through that one. (laughs) Third time's the charm. (laughs) (laughs) everything good in threes Mm -hmm. in the world and in gardening always planting threes tip of the day and now we know in podcast as well yes and now that we have given the tip of the day everybody have a good day goodbye (laughs) did you tell (laughs) me where i'm supposed to look again oh good grief wherever you want just look (laughs) so we've we've been taking a break from the uh, video portion, but as of today, as long as everything goes well, we're back on it. So um, check us out on YouTube and you can see this podcast video portion mm-hmm. as well as the audio portion. So, and we've also, um, we've, so we have a big announcement. We rebranded a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've noticed we have a new logo, but also we're not, the, the website now is Backyard Gardens TV and there's a reason behind that. So when this first started, it was literally just going to be a movie. And then the movie or the podcast came and then everything just started evolving quicker than I could and Batavia came on. And she's been a blessing for the show and pretty much all things Backyard Gardens brand. So we changed it to Backyard Gardens TV because we're filming a movie. We've got a TV show coming out. We've got this podcast. We're both doing YouTube videos. So it just made sense and it's easier for everybody else to find. So the Instagram is Backyard Gardens TV and everything else is Backyard Gardens TV too. So check us out. Why are you shaking your head? You're supposed to be even, going like this. I can't even believe that. What? How many minutes are we into this? And you've got me teary-eyed. Like, <laughs> good well, grief. As the, as the queen of backyard gardens, you deserve to be teary-eyed. So, again, so those that are longtime listeners, we don't talk about much of what we are going to talk about other than, like, this is a subject. So I didn't know you were going to lead in with that. And if I knew you were going to kind of do a... <laughs> Rewind. Let's go back in time. I would have prepared myself. Yeah, yeah. I would have you're known com- I was going to get teary eyed. You're coming up on your one year birthday. Yeah, yeah, I am. So, and the podcast has been out for a year, but I don't count the four months before you came on. So we just I think sweep you should, that under the but rug. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because seriously, it was. I go back and listen to them, and it's cringeworthy oh, because no, because no, I remember like sitting in a, a room by myself trying to carry on a conversation by myself mm-hmm. and it was it was so hard and I would be like pausing it 
because you know you start getting real dry throat yeah, yeah and i'd be like eh, eh, and i'd start back <laughs> it was it was rough so and i didn't enjoy it as much as i do now like it's nice to have that gardening conversation with somebody so, you know, as we've talked about before, gardening is a very uh, solo activity sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. it gives you more of a sense of community. How's that? Yeah. Well, I thoroughly no enjoyed my time here. So, And with this, I bid you adieu. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you better be. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people that just drove off the road with that comment. Uh, let's hope not. Be safe. Be safe. Just we're pull just, over. We're just getting started, people. Mm-hmm. You haven't even seen the half of it yet, literally. <laughs> the podcast is a small portion, but... Yeah, but a very important one, indeed. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, I personally, I love doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I didn't think I would when I first started, and I really have a good time doing it, so it's, it's an amazing experience. And yeah. I actually, I learn a lot from you. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot from the people, but I kind of learn a lot from myself, by saying it out loud. Yes. And it makes yes. me think about things that I don't really ever think about. It's, it's really weird, right? Yeah. No, it's exactly that. It's the kind of getting the thoughts out of your head, right? Because there's only so far they're going to go when they're inside your mind, right? You yeah. Know? So, I mean, it's just like with anything, talking it through helps. And yeah. a part of like us trying to you know keep this organic and how we, while we talk a lot, we don't necessarily talk about the episodes in particular and that being like leaving it in like that and letting it be organic helps us. I think because you're really kind of hashing it out, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely influenced my, these conversations and, you know, this community has influenced this year's garden, which we were talking about it. I think, you know, in a recent episode, like, I don't do things because someone suggested it yesterday. If someone no. suggested yesterday, it'll be three years from now when I do it, right? You know, so right. I've been a lot more. Um, a that lot is the more... damn truth, people. Absolutely. That is the damn Absolutely. truth. <laughs> I'm still working through my 2017 ideas now. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's well given planned. me a bit more courage, right? You know, to, yeah. to just give it a whirl, right? So I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I. I'm not trying to make this the sappy episode, mm. so um, yeah, let me just yeah, put it are. this way. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. No, I, I'm trying I, not to sh- sniff because I'm like, I'm almost full of snot now. I've been holding it yeah. all back. We're just going to do it. All right. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't really trying to do that. It just, it came to my, because, you know, I, I, first of all, it's a little embarrassing to be this far in and have this many people listening and then be like, wait a second, we got to change the website name. Mm. We got to change this. But it was... It's really come to my to light in the past couple months. Like this thing is a lot bigger and has mm-hmm. the potential to go a lot bigger because it's something that I'm extremely passionate about yeah. and you're extremely passionate about. And the other people that are involved in other aspects of it are all they're extremely passionate about their parts of it. So it just makes sense to kind of. Yeah. So, you know, maybe one day we'll have a, we'll put HGTV out of business and we'll have BYG TV. You never know. That is the ultimate dream. And it, I mean, rebranding, I mean, come on, it, it happens all the time. So yeah, usually they're like multi-billion dollar companies though. But you didn't know, you didn't hear about the, uh, the changes they made before they were, you know, anyone knew them. So mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. You're right. So anyways, enough of that. Yeah. Uh, you didn't remind me, but I do have a listener question. 
I was just about to. Listen now. You're supposed to remind me before we start. <laughs> what is the deal? All right, so I'm going to pull this off of Instagram okay. at BYGTV mm-hmm. or Backyard Gardens TV. And the question is... Da, 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 da. All right. I'm going to read it because it's not voice, so... Mm-hmm. And I read a little bit better than my six-year-old son. Hi again. Do you have any tips on dealing with powdery mildew? I'm in... They're in about zone 8B roughly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we get all we get it all the time Mm. it totally destroyed my pumpkins this year i tried serenade at the first sign but it didn't seem it but it didn't seem to help very much and it was so expensive not to mention it smelled horrible Mm. i've done some research and i've heard a mixture of hydrogen peroxide water and baking soda helps but i've never tried it some may see some say neem oil helps too i tried and prune and mulch to prevent it but it keeps rearing its ugly head any tips would be greatly appreciated thank you guys so first of all i gotta say i'm cool with typos but it's really hard to read on air with typos (laughs) and i'm the typo king so there's no shame in that game but um what do you what do you think about powdery mildew because I don't know if you have issues with it, but down in the South, it's it's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't, generally, I don't have issues with it. But this year, um, all three of my winter squash plants are like hanging on by a thread and it really points to powdery mildew. And in part, it's just because I did nothing with it, you know. So it really started to take off in those plants around uh, maybe late August, Maybe sometime early September. Oh, and good I knew, for you. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I guess it had been like a month and a half. They'd been planted. No, no, it's about two months. So they were in the ground two months. We're, we're growing, looking good and lush. And then I started to see it. And I imagine if we are going to come up with some remedies, if I would have attacked then, I would have had a better chance now. But I didn't. And it's just, it's my style of gardening where... I don't want to come in with the every seven days, every 10 days doing this. I don't, I don't want to spray. I had neem oil um, and I did spray once, once it had gotten pretty bad, but I think it was, you know, the horse had left the barn already. Um, So I honestly, I'll look for you, Ben, to give some tips. I don't have any tips. It's not something that I've battled much and it's definitely not something I've overcome this year. Well, I've got some bad news for you. Mm. I've got some pretty bad news. Um, Neem oil. People can go to the roof and sing neem oil for it all you want. And here's the deal. It seems to be a a Mr. Fix-It, you know, the snake mm-hmm. oil of gardening, right? It ain't. Yeah. You know, anytime something's like, it fixes this, it fixes that, it does mm-hmm. this. It, that's not true because if they did, there you wouldn't be able to buy neem oil because it would be marketed to the top farmers all over the world mm-hmm. and you'd be paying astronomical prices. So the key to to it is prevention. That is the key. Because once you really get it, unless you catch it like, I'm talking about super early, it's extremely hard to get. So Because it get really jumps of. from leaf to leaf, if you will, right? Yeah, it's just like every other disease. Yeah. Like when the water hits it, it just spreads and... It's it's and then it lives in your soil for the year. Mm. So if you have a plant that has it like, you know, I compost 
most of my plants, but I don't compost those. Mm-hmm. I either bag them up, throw them away, or I burn them. But powdery mildew. So I've done just about everything under the sun. And I've had the only thing that I've had luck with, and it's not even luck. It was just like a little bit of slowing it down is I took um, whole fat cow's milk, mixed it with baking soda, and you spray it in the middle of the day. And something about the protein from it will attack the powdery mildew. Mm -hmm. But you have to catch it like first thing. You can't wait, you know, so by the time and really, to be honest, by the time you realize that it, it's probably too late. But um, I know when we interviewed um, Neptune's Harvest, they said that their fish emulsion, the blue label bottle, mm-hmm. that will keep um, neem oil at bay as well. That will keep powdery so, mildew at bay as well. That's what I meant. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I said. Booty trap. So (laughs) (laughs) nicely done, nicely done. So yeah, that they said that, and I did not have as bad of an issue with it this year, Mm -hmm. but I didn't use the emulsion like I should have. I was spacing it out a little bit longer. Yeah. So that may be an issue, but water early in the morning, Mm -hmm. give your plants plenty of space. Yeah. Don't water at night. And if it rains, which it does, and in the south it's humid, which is just like a recipe for disaster, then, you know, as long as you get stretches of dry weather, then you should be okay. But it's mm-hmm. it's a tough one. So it's all about prevention. You know, yeah. give your plants plenty of air, which is where square foot gardening doesn't work for me as mm-hmm. well in some mm-hmm. things. Because, you you know, things are packed so tightly together. Yeah. So that's... a. Uh, that's powdery mildew. It's not a good thing. And when the first sign you get it, cut it off and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You So that's the best thing to do is just cut it, cut it, cut it. Yeah. So do you think that suffices as a question? I mean, I think that for this particular, you know, fungus, this disease, I think that's as good as it's going to get. Because I have yeah. researched it. I've had it maybe a handful of times over my gardening years. Um, and earlier on, I just didn't know what it was. Kind of like, oh, well, that's a plant that's gone. Because um, I get, yeah. I got it on my cucumber plants, you know, yeah. later in the season. Highly susceptible. Yeah. Um, now you can get, uh, I think you can get some that are resistant to that. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure about that, but I think that is a possibility. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, so my later, like when I kept on planting zucchini, um, it ended up again later in the season, I found powdery yep. mildew on that. Um, but zucchini for what it's worth, when I planted it earlier beyond the whole squash vine bore thing, I was able to get fruit off of the plant cause they're, they produce in a shorter season than winter squash you know, would, the yeah. pumpkins, like the, um, the, um, the message is saying like, that's the hard part because you're needing to keep a plant healthy for like three or four months, you know? Right. So, so yeah. Well, the thing too is, you know. It's you must not have very humid weather. No, generally yeah. no. So and down here we get. I mean, you know, it's nothing for it to be eighty. I mean, for the past week it's been on like ninety percent humidity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that being said, the powdery mildew does not necessarily kill your plant. So it takes its toll on it, but it yeah. doesn't necessarily kill it. So although, albeit it may be ugly, it's you know you can let it ride for a little yeah. while too. Because, yeah. I mean, you're just, you're fighting an uphill battle, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're at the point where you're near, 
you know, the fruit is near ready to harvest, you know, you may just want to write it out. That's what I was attempting to do. I just mm-hmm. didn't realize how much longer it was going to take for, yeah. you know, the squash to, to ripen up, which is a part of the update that I have today. Good night. <laughs> oh, snap. Transition. Transition. <laughs> Well, kick us off then. Let us know what you got going on. Well, I will say, and we I forgot to talk to you about when this airs, but, you know, either way, um, I will say that I harvested my sweet potatoes. It looks like we, we harvested on the same weekend, just by chance. Um, and I, in full transparency, was disappointed. Yep. Um and then I said, the hell with curing. Like, all of the, they're all downstairs in the basement curing. But I took one itty-bitty sweet potato, put it in the microwave, took it out, put some butter on it. And I was near tears. It was so good. <laughs> I don't know if it so, was the potato or the butter or the combination of them both. But, um, but yeah, so, so do I... You, do you remember that whole speech I gave in the beginning about how, you know since you've been on the podcast has been great mm, until now the fact that you <laughs> microwaved a sweet potato i renege all of that <laughs> and i take the whole thing back it was a total lie <laughs> and my judgment is way off <laughs> absolutely you know what's funniest um yeah no, so, I, I mean don't, but go ahead i'll show you now that i've shared this with you i'll show you end up showing you what the harvest looked like i got like one or two like Oh, if someone gave me these sweet potatoes, I'd be okay with it. But none of them, which is okay, right? Like I'm okay with not having what looks what it looks like in the grocery store. Like I'm very clear on that with my gardening, right? It's actually mm-hmm. a part of the joy. Like some things just won't be what they look like in the grocery store. Um, and I got a lot of potatoes, but they were so. I mean, you're talking about like pencil thin yeah um so i got one or two that were sizable that would be like a really really nice like baked sweet potato um and you know i kind of look at it and say it was so much coddling you know so much and that's again i really enjoy sweet potatoes so i'd already planned a different path for my sweet potatoes next year and i'm gonna go for it um you know you want me to help you i've I've come i've come to a conclusion with sweet potatoes this year because my harvest was not as good as i would like either and this is my third year growing. My first year was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. My second year was horrible. Mm. And this year was okay-ish, mm-hmm. right? I didn't get a whole lot, but I got some pretty good ones. But yeah. for the amount of vines and stuff I had, yeah. it just wasn't as much as I thought. So two things. One, it could be the variety. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. And then the other thing is the first year I got them, I got them from like Lowe's or whatever. I picked up a starter pack and they were in dirt and had roots already. Like they were ready to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I planted them and that was a bang up year. Every other year I've taken slips and just stuck them directly in the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think what's happening and I could be wrong is they're not that root development that was already on those potatoes was Mm -hmm. enough to kind of give it that extra, you know, I mean, you're talking three weeks or so time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, let me stop you and go back because I'm confused. So the first year you put the, you planted the potato that already had roots. I bought, 
I bought slips mm-hmm. that were in six pack cells that oh, had already gotcha. been rooted gotcha, and they gotcha, were like gotcha. almost mm-hmm. root bound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that just made the difference. You know what yeah. I mean? Because if you think about it, man, like it says a hundred days yep. for sweet potatoes, right? You put a slip in the ground that basically has no roots and then you have to wait for it to get roots. So I'm thinking that that hundred days is from the time that it has roots. Mm-hmm. So next year, yep. I'm going to go against what everybody says. I'm going to put them in some dirt and I'm going to get some roots and I'm going to roll with it, baby. We're mm-hmm. going to have some sweet potatoes one way or another. Because like I said, my first year, I got like almost 50 pounds of sweet potatoes off of five plants. Yeah. And I had eight plants this year and I probably got about 20. So, and there's a lot of variables that could be in there, but. Yeah. Well, this is my first year, as you know, growing them. And one of the things that I thought, um, was just they're just not enough days right you know so at this point um i mean we're we're in cold weather we're in cold weather for gardening for me right so it's one day in two weeks where it's 70 everything else is 50s 40s at night so this is not their time so as i'm continuing to count the days kind of letting them grow Really, they're not going to thrive or grow much more because of the coldness of the weather, right? Um, and the so, amount of sun they're getting too. The yeah, intensity. exactly. And so, um, so then I started thinking back, like, well, in my area, it's really not everything I've read. It's really not warm enough for them until like the beginning of June, right? So, how do you end up getting more time out of what you have, right? So, June, I- July, August. Like, you know, a little bit of September, basically, for me, because otherwise it starts to get a little bit chilly. Um, So it's a very good point. Um, You know, I started my slips, what I thought was late, I started them on April the 2nd, for whatever reason, I remember that date in particular. Um, And they looked healthy for like, you know, with roots and all when I planted them. Um, I had two different types of um, of slips, ones that I bought online, and then ones that I started indoors. Um, But to your point, like, it's still a it's still a starting point, you know? So, um, so yeah, I I think you're on to something when it comes to, um, the amount of work that they have to do once they get into the ground and finding a way to, you know, kind of get further along in the process. Cause you want that when that weather gets hot in that June, July, especially July, August weather, you want them to have some legs, so to speak, you know? So especially the ones I ordered online. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to, I mean, if I order anything off, yeah, if I order them online, then I'm just going to get them and stick them in dirt. But the way they ship them out, it's just, it's too late in the season. You know what I mean? I really, truly believe that when they send them to me, it's just too late. There's, I mean, I'm missing two weeks of planting Mm -hmm. time when in reality, that's a big deal for sweet potatoes. I mean, because you literally need every single day you can get. Yeah, so, so I looked back and I know for sure it was June the 12th is when I planted them. I actually have a little video of it. Um, and there are two things. The ones I started indoors and that I found out, finally found out, I don't know why I just didn't write to the email address that was on the package. Uh, Covington was a sweet potato. And one, I did find some note somewhere, not necessarily a reputable source, but it noted that that uh, variety doesn't like to grow in containers. Right. You know, so if that's true, then that's already a strike against me. Um, Then the second thing, but I did get from the ones I ordered online, 
the biggest sweet potatoes, right? You know, and that's interesting because those were Beauregard. And so literally as I was laying them out to cure them, I was just saying like, I'm eyeing like my slips are coming out of this batch. Like I'm not effing around next year. That's what like, I grew you know, the first year was yeah, Beauregard. I think more, more than anything, I'd be willing to give it another try next year with, all right, send them to me in June. But it's just at this point, the expense of it, like potatoes are, I'm driving me broke, you know, between yeah. white potatoes and sweet potatoes. Um, so to try to manage cost, really, I'm hoping that I can hold on to them long enough to probably start slips more like March next year from some of yeah. these potatoes. So. Yeah. So I was doing some math and it looks like I have to start seeding stuff inside in December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so much for a break. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, cause sweet potatoes, I was working hard to get slips this year and I started mm-hmm. like mega late mm-hmm. and, um, I had never started a sweet potato slip cause I always bought them, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but this was the first year where I really realized like, Oh shit, you know, you're not going to be able to get stuff. There's a possibility, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is why I have a full seed order put together, ready to order seeds that are supposed to be sold by the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm just going to bypass. I'm not even going to work. Cause you know, they'll, they'll be good for a couple of years. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the sweet potato thing, um, I'm with you on that one. I mean, I got some decent sized ones, and I got a lot of little fingerling ones, mm-hmm. which I'm actually not heartbroken about. They're actually quite fun to eat. Yeah. So, well, you know what? I just realized that I was just, I'm going to be eating a lot of roasted sweet potatoes. They make it, they're really good for that. You know, um, a lot of microwave baked sweet potatoes. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you. So the first one was like, look, li- look listen, no, 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 listen, no. listen, you listen, listen, look, 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 you got to wait for the story. So the okay. first one was like a pinky size. Like, I mean, we're talking about like super duper small, right? And so I said, you know, I washed it up, <laughs> you know, wrapped it in saran wrap, put it in the microwave. But like, who the hell knows how long you cook that size of potato? So I must have put yeah. it in there for two minutes. I walked away because, you know, I cook from every room besides the kitchen. Walked away and I smell something burning. I come back in. I'm like, shit, like this thing is cooked. And it's black in the center. I'll cook this thing that's because it's so small at two minutes. So then I said, all right, I'm going to try it again. Got a, one that's a little bit larger. I don't know if I, I think I did like a minute and a half or, or whatever. But um, but yeah, it's, it was beautiful when I cut it open. And I mean, again, the smallest thing you'll ever see. It's like, I feel like it's I'm at one of those fancy smashy restaurants and they bring out, you know, one of your courses. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. You know, um, but that's, I'd be. You know, the funny thing is, since she brings that up, is that really is like a delicacy to like fancy mm-hmm. restaurants. And mm-hmm. it's just an immature potato. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't had the heart to tell my mom that we won't have sweet potato pie. Yeah. You've got enough to give her sweet potato pie. You could just sacrifice everything for that. Well, it's, it's I your mean, mom, it's, dude. Yeah, it's so what's probably going to be the, the great lie is I'm probably going to break down and buy some sweet potatoes to make sweet potato pies because I just yeah. don't make one sweet potato pie. Right. You know, so um, if I would have had enough to make because the idea is cutting up. I mean, once you take the skin off of those things. I mean, that's going to be the work trying to get to the point of like making it for a pie. It's much easier to wash it up and just, you know, eat it skin and all. So anyway, I'll probably end up buying um, a few. I'll have to cut back. I normally make like four or five pies or something. I'll cut back on that. Um, Well, you know, and two right now, 
is um, that sweet potatoes are in season and Mm -hmm. you can get them like super cheap right now too. And they last. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because we've got enough, I think I count because there's three of us and um, we're big sweet potato eaters. And first of all, pro tip, pro sweet potato eater tip. Oh, here we go. Do you have a toaster oven? I do. Does it have a timer function? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those combo air fryer, toaster oven, rotisserie. Like it does all of those things. Yeah. So what we do is especially like in the wintertime when we have sweet potatoes is we take them and we put them in the toaster oven, set them for an hour. And then you come back and you got nice sweet potatoes, perfectly roasted, good to go. Mm-hmm. So don't be using a microwave, Batavia. You work so hard. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Don't do that. I absolutely will all the time. <laughs> 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 I love the way that a like a russet uh, potato, baked potato tastes from the oven. Yeah. But who in the hell has the, by the time you figure that's what you're going to have, the hour and 15 minutes it takes to cook that way. So I do. Yeah. I'll make time mm-hmm. because it is, it is a magical experience mm-hmm. to have an actual roasted potato. Mm-hmm. I think, especially a sweet potato. Cause then it gets all caramelized mm-hmm. and it starts mm-hmm. oozing out and brown. Just and a I, note, I don't want to um, take anything away from all of the research that we've all done with sweet potatoes in the curing process. That little fingerling, pinky ring <laughs> potato was sweet. It's all I'm yeah. saying, you know, so. Yeah. Mm. And it, I, it's really what it comes down to for that, though, is storage. the storage life of mm-hmm. it. So you got to let the skin harden. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, I'm with you on the sweet potatoes. I'm glad that um, we're together on that one. I'm not. You're selfish, but that's okay. <laughs> no, we both sucked at it this year, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, there's, there's definitely something to learn. I actually had already planned on going in a raised bed next year. So, I mean, I can't, and I, I, I may or may not, it may be something like uber duper short from a video perspective, because even the um, filming it was a pain in the butt, because I, um, I was trying to beat the rain because that's all we're getting now right you know so I was trying to beat the rain I was looking and saying you know we're nearing the 130 day mark the recommendation from where I bought the slip said don't let it really go past more than a month past the 100 day mark but again that kind of goes on what calendar are we really counting on um but anyway I um I said let me get out here I'm gonna because we're gonna get a bunch of rain that Sunday I already had the plastic on it and I pulled them. It was the windiest day. So I really couldn't even do any um, audio when I was recording it. And so that started pulling them out. And again, it's the I, I don't ever want to look at this and not be grateful because I grew something that I can consume. And so far, the one microwave sweet potato was good. So I'm going to yeah. presume that the rest of these are going to be very tasty. Um and I didn't have the highest hopes once I started looking at the vines and how few there were. So I kind of had braced myself, not the way I braced myself for the potatoes. Um, I was, but see, I had a shitload of vines. Yeah, well, that's that's well, yeah, that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had vine galore, yeah. and I just didn't have potatoes to match, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it, you know, mm-hmm. and. I got to look into it. And I mean, I got soil issues and I know that, but sweet potatoes like a sandy soil. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, that's why we kind of unofficially call our sandy bottom farms because (laughs) we have sand. Yeah. But, um, which kind of leads me into what I have. One thing that I've done is I, um, collected soil samples to get a soil test. Okay, good, good. So, um, that's like right now is the perfect time because everybody like all of the like serious gardeners do it in the spring and throughout mm-hmm. the summer. Mm-hmm. 
And now, and they usually like your extension service. I know mine charges in the summer, but in the fall and winter, it's free. Oh, okay. And there's a turnaround time, right? So in the summer, it's like a two week turnaround, but in the winter, it can be up to like six weeks or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you get it in early enough, you still get that two week turnaround time, but free. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool too, because what they do, I haven't gotten the results yet. Actually, I haven't even sent it off yet. I collected a sample yesterday. But what they do is they look at it and they say, okay, you're deficient and all of this stuff. And then they give you recommendations about what to put in and how much to put it nice. and how to put it in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. I've yeah. never needed a soil test, but it's become very evident that I 100% need a soil test, especially in one side of my garden. So where the wild things grow, mm-hmm. it's it's just not, it's not working. So, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that I could just add some compost, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I figure it's free. Mm-hmm. Why not? You yeah, know, let's yeah, see yeah. what this native soil does. You know, a what's bit wrong more with direction it. direction on it. Yep. So, yeah, well, I'm not a soil scientist. Back what, um, what they say about that. Yeah. I'll make a, a whole thing about it. We'll probably talk about, I'll read the results and all that. Mm-hmm. Now I will be pissed. However, if I read the results and it's like, your soil is perfectly fine. You just don't know how to grow food. You dumb bastard. <laughs> you know, they that's have a template with that lines. response. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, speaking of extensions, I reached out to my extension, uh, local extension in Illinois, um, because I wanted to ask them about, in particular, uh, the winter squash, um, Mm -hmm. butternut squash and spaghetti squash, um, because we're it's it's time. Like I'm at the point now where I need to start pulling things off the vines. Like it's it's not these things. Spaghetti squash that you sent me a picture of was done. No, no, I'll show you another picture of it. Uh, it's starting to yellow up now because um, it okay. was still kind of, it, you know, my classic iPhone uh, is still kind of pale. Um, but I did ask about whether or not, um, you know, it continues to ripen once it's once you cut it off. And their answer is, you know, generally, yes. Um, how ripe it is once you pull it off will determine kind of what happens like if it is going to be it's going to be completely ripened or um or if it's going to rot um you know so that also pulling it off before it's ripe will obviously also affect how long it's going to be stored for so ultimately yeah. storage time as well so that made me feel better there are a couple for sure i know for butternut squash that i'll be able to to cut off and you know take in you know and i'll probably just organize my treats and eat those earlier rather than trying to really, really preserve those for a longer time. Um, and so my demeanor is around, um, we're going to get a frost by the end of October. Like it's going to happen. And I've been looking at some of my tomatoes and I'm just like, you know, the weather here is so cool where it's not getting what these tomatoes aren't getting what they need to continue to ripen at any quick degree so i'm yeah. not saving a lot leaving them on the vine so um in between the rain we're going to get like over the next day before we potentially get snow at the end of the month i am going are they to, calling for snow yeah yeah one day Ew. in the forecast yeah in the 10-day forecast we have one day with snow that's planned and down at 33 since it's gonna Dude, snow. I'm just, I, I hate it for you it's literally 85 degrees here right now yeah man I'm, and i'm trying not to and the biggest thing i think like, I, I don't want the garden to stop, period. 
You know, of yeah. course there's that. Um, but I think I finally have caught up with preserving because I have been a preserving machine and it's it's been tiring. I know I'm going to really enjoy it. Um, like when I start consuming some of these things, but I was trying to buy myself some time. Like, so I don't want to pull anything into the house that I can't actually start eating or preserving, you know? Um, and so the idea that the timing is going to end up working out. Um, but then there's a different kind of watch because you and I both know pulling it off of the plant doesn't guarantee that it's going to get to the point of, you know, full ripeness. Just like even right. leaving it on a planet, you know, who knows what could happen to the veggies. So I, what I'm thinking is going to happen is like things like the tomatoes. I think I don't have as many on the plants as I think I do. It's just kind of hard to tell now because everything is green, right? You yeah. Know? And so. that's the thing about this time of year, though, is you get them loaded and it does get hard to tell. And quite frankly, you're just burnt out on it, too, mm-hmm, probably. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it gets to be like, all right, it's not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're kind of. I'm going to make an assumption here, but you're like at that point where it's like, you don't want the garden to end, but you want the garden to end, but it's too late because you have, everything is going to go soon and it's going to get the frost. And when you guys go to frost, I mean, you go straight cold. Well, it could warm back up, but it could be, so I think it's the watch. It's not, I don't want the garden to end. I would love to have two more months of weather like we had in July and August, but I know it's coming and it's, I'm fooling myself to believe that I'm going to get another month out of this. That's not going to happen. Right. right? And what we talked about in our frost protection um, episode, like my plants are too far along to be out here with blankets. You know, I have literally some of the tomato plants have grown through the cage, baby, the wire in the cage, baby and out. Right. You know, so now it's the I have a couple of recipes for green tomatoes. I do want my Romas to ripen um, because they've been the best for processing for like, um, you know, sauce and things and, um, you know, canning tomatoes and stuff. So I'm hoping that those are ripen and then, you know, that's going to be what it is. The peppers will be fine. Um, the only thing that I am disappointed about when it comes to the timing is my bell peppers. Cause I mean, they're so pretty, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, they're so beautiful. And they hold all the way up until the very end. Yeah. They, they all the way up until, sickly. no, they yeah. look really, really good. Um, but what I'm going to need to do is kind of do one really big harvest like this weekend because the timing of trying to wait until like the day before just won't work out with my schedule between the rain and, you know, 35 can get to 32 and you don't know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, well, that's too so. cold for a uh, bell pepper anyways. They don't really like it. Yeah. Well, they're not, none of these plants are going to do any more like going from flower to producing a pepper in the time I right. have left, right? And some of these plants, um, like the tomatoes in particular, the bell peppers, I'll go back to, they are like almost at the point of like going from green to fully red. You know, you still got a couple of green, you know, bottoms on them. And so they could stay another week or so if the weather was optimal, you know, right. and then fully ripen. But since the weather isn't optimal, it kind of slows down that process. So again, it gives me more time. The tomatoes, it's just like, they're just, you know, looking around. Cause again, it's just not warm enough, you know? So yeah. it's all good. You know, this is every year I lie to myself like, Oh, it's going to be in November and every year, right around Halloween. Like this is when it all goes down. I mean, the expected first frost is October the 29th. So it's on schedule basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. I was thinking about my tomatoes and I got sad. Yeah, I know. And that's the so, thing. Like, wait, no, wait. I am sad, but I'm not sad. 
Hmm. You know why? No. Because remember I told you I left one tomato plant in to see what it would do? Uh-huh. And I took that septoria leaf spot and I beat the shit out of it. <laughs> and I made it my bitch. That plant was looking good. Yeah, yeah. The only thing was it wasn't getting enough sun because it's so much lower in the sky now mm-hmm. to create more flower. Like I left it in there and it was like I didn't have to spray it. I didn't mm-hmm. have to trim anything. Mm-hmm. Like it was looking really good, nice and lush. Yeah. But it just wasn't producing flowers. So mm-hmm. I went ahead and pulled it up. And I was thinking back, you know, I was looking at like other pictures and I would still be getting full blown tomato harvest up until mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. I'd probably be about like you where whatever was there would ripen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, versus yours aren't really ripening. Yeah. They would they would maybe produce, but it'd be super slow. But, it, you know, I had to cut it back to where it was literally like two leaves on it. Mm-hmm. And by the time I took it out, it was full of leaves but it just wasn't producing flowers so i said you know what it's taking up valuable space yeah yeah let me Water just go ahead and get and, yeah. rid of it yeah and i didn't want it to you know if there was any disease i didn't want it to get back into my garden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um i learned a very valuable lesson i missed out on a lot of tomatoes this year yeah. and to be totally honest um i probably could have put like another very large starter plant in and gotten some like especially some like cherry tomatoes or mm-hmm. something because I don't think that require as much light. No, okay, I don't know that, but I don't yeah. think they do mm-hmm. because generally speaking, and I was having a conversation with my wife earlier because I was looking at um, peppers, mm-hmm. and I was looking at gosh, I can't say the first part of the name, but whatever is like a mammoth pepper, where the peppers like eight inches. 10 inches big uh-huh. it was a bell pepper but it was just huge and I was looking into them and I was talking to my wife about it and I looked into it and I had this thought that you know if you're looking for something that creates a really large fruit or vegetable whatever I call everything fruit mm-hmm. if it produces a large fruit then it's going to take longer for it to ripen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so cherry tomatoes are super small sure and every time I've grown them, they're like extremely prolific. Like I can't even begin to consume the amount that one plant can produce. Yeah. But you look at my um, better boys this year, like, dude, they were so slow to get that size to them. And my aromas, which I grow every year and will always grow, just pumping them out because they're medium sized tomatoes, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of the size than it, it needing more or less light, right? Yeah, you know, so. I probably misspoke, but no, no. you know. But I mean, I, I get your, I, I get the point about the idea of putting something else in, and you know, the the one balance, and I'm gonna have to think about this because so you know, I'll have to sit down and meditate on my whole tomato plant planting next year. Um, but the cherry tomatoes or the smaller tomatoes are just they're just a better tasting tomato than everything I grew this year. Yeah. Um, although the other tomatoes, like the Romas, which I'm like doubling up on next year because it's the easiest to, it fits so many recipes that I use. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just enjoy them because you can take one tomato and eat it in a salad and mm-hmm. it's like one, you don't have to save the tomato. Yeah. Yeah. You I know don't what I mean? like it in a salad. That's not, it's not, I don't want to eat it raw generally. Yeah. Well, see, and I don't really like tomatoes in general, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but just that being said, like if my wife, she eats tomatoes all the time, but she can cut up aroma and eat aroma herself. And it's not like, okay, we got this baggie of tomatoes in there to cut up and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and you can can them, you can eat them, you can Mm -hmm. do so much with them. So it's my personal favorite to grow. 
Yeah, it definitely me. is if you are looking for um, uh, production. You yeah. know, like it's a workhorse, if you will. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. And it's a tr- tried true variety. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so there is again some sadness because I'm for sure going to take fruit off of the plants. I'm probably not going to pull the plants just yet, just to, you know, kind of balance the workload. Um, but there is something about like, I'm leading up to the moment of when the garden's really going to be bare, you know? So I may get another honeydew melon out of this, this whole batch though. And that's, I mean, we don't talk about those. We don't talk about that. I'm telling you, man, that, that changes everything. There are rules that have to be applied to this show and you are not following them today. No, I'm not. You are a rule breaker. I did not, I did not say I agree to any of those. (laughs) There's a new contract in your email right now. (laughs) I reject it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah, that's, um, you know, and that's when you bring up melons and my soil test. That's a big reason why I'm doing the test is because my melons consistently get blossom rot which is a lack of calcium mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i can fix it one at a time but it's just not consistent enough yeah so i need to you know i need to get that calcium back in there and i'm like well if i add calcium i'm gonna throw something else off blah 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 so you know my my um my watermelon harvest has been really low mm-hmm. and partially that's because i was growing um large watermelons mm-hmm, and they just mm-hmm. take so long to ripen yeah and you know, take a lot the, out of the soil too if you could think about it that way too they do mm-hmm. and by the time i they get to the size of a sugar baby they're fine but then once they get bigger than that it's mm-hmm. like i can't mm-hmm. keep up with it so i mean it's definitely like another issue that i have that i need to fix and I mean, you have to remember, I've only been gardening in this space for three years. So mm-hmm. everything is really new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, hell, we're point. still adding gardens to it. <laughs> which we are adding another two gardens this year, two beds. You know, you're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to. But this is my influence. I, it's all good, man. No, mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. Once I put the greenhouse up and um, I was sitting back there and I was potting plants. And I was like, this is like my space. You know what I mean? Like, this is like a space we talked about this last time. And I was just like, man, this there's got to be another garden here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got the chickens. Um, we put them out there during the day and they're clearing the spot for us. So wait, are you counting? So they're the four beds that are the they're an OG garden, original. They're, I guess yeah, the OG, they're the OGs. Right? They're and all gangsters. And then you made a bed for the greenhouse. Is that Do you consider that one garden bed or two? What the greenhouse? Yeah, the greenhouse. I mean, I didn't. I, to be honest, I didn't even consider it a bed until you just spoke of it. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you would call it its own bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I call each bed a garden because mm-hmm. I'm weird, and mm-hmm. you've pointed that out yeah. probably about fifty eight times at uh-huh, this point. Uh-huh. So, so you have five um, gardens right now, and we're gonna have yeah in that area, and then we're gonna have two more, and then we have the two wild area gardens mm-hmm. and that the, that area like i keep saying though i i don't have high hopes for it because i haven't really put like a whole lot into it but it needs but it to continues get more to surprise you though right it does and it doesn't mm-hmm. it does and it does it surprises me at how bad it sucks sometimes mm-hmm. and then but then you know it's like i put green beans in this year um early in the year and they did great you know, and the sweet potatoes did okay. Last year, I got like a 60-pound, 50, 60-pound watermelon out mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So, you know, but one of the beds just really did not produce this year. And it's just the soil is just so jacked up. Yeah, but I mean, I like there is a the concept of the do nothing garden. Hashtag it. You know, so I, I like the idea of and we've seen it. You've seen it online. You've seen it on TV, you know, like man pulls 200 pound insert vegetable name you know from a garden that he hadn't been back to in two years or something wacky like that like yeah sometimes nature will do the thing like i'm still getting tomatoes off of the two volunteers that grew up between the concrete patio and the raised bed like through that crack right you know so look at my butternut squash this year man hey did your granny ever did she you talk to her about did she try it Oh, I don't talk to her on the phone. She's deaf. Well, she's yeah, like you so hard that, of hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll talk to her, but she's, mm. I'm guarantee you, mm-hmm. she went home that night before she went to bed. She put him in the ground. So, so she's, she's hardcore, man. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm 92 years old and I got soil in my soul. I just can't stop. <laughs> I got to get my hands in the dirt. I was like, granny, I was like, you ever eat the dirt? She's like, I've done it and I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, making the uh, like clean up the sweet potato, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, like I'm not gonna put a whole lot of effort into scrubbing this itty bitty thing. Like a little dirt won't hurt. <laughs> no. Add a no, little butter to it, it'll be fine. No. <laughs> yeah, I imagine at this point, let's see, that was about a month ago. She's probably starting to get turnip greens now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she grows the turnips for the greens. She doesn't mm-hmm. care about. She didn't even know you could eat the root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, she's, growing up. That's the only way I knew of them. Is you know. Yeah. For the green. She's like hardcore, I mean, Southerner. Yeah. So, and I mean, I am too, but when it comes to like, cause she grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. So everything that she knows is relatable to the, not only the farm, but Southern culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we just down here, you typically don't eat turnips, rutabagas, or it's more of like a Northern type mm-hmm. dish mm-hmm. because it's cool weather. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. and speaking of bell peppers, are you growing King of the North bell peppers? Uh, well, I did. Okay. Um, and that's why yours are still doing well. No, no, no. That wasn't the, um, only one of them. King of the North. I'm pretty sure. Cause you know, by that time I had so many freaking start, but I'm pretty sure I planted one of them inside, um, where the whole tomatillos were. And there are only two peppers on that plant, but there is a chance that one of the garden beds up front has them in there. I did a lot of California wonder peppers. Um, so I don't know if some of these that are still doing well in the front yard, I don't know which variety they are. I'll see once, you know, everything is died back and I can see the tags or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. But I'm I know your to, point of like it being more designed for kind of Northern climate. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, like I said, past week, all I've been doing is like looking at seeds and stuff mm-hmm. like that, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what I have, what I need and how I want to grow it. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, shit, I can't you know, based on the size of my garden, if I want to save seeds, I can't really grow a bunch of different varieties mm-hmm, of stuff because mm-hmm. you don't want them to cross pollinate. Yeah. So, I'm to- I've decided I'm totally not, um, worrying about any of that. I am, there is the balance of, you don't want to start your whole garden off with seeds that really don't produce. There's that. Right. But outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Um, I, I think, a big reason why things like my peppers are still doing well. I think you got to remember like these things went into the ground in June, at the beginning of June. 
So it's not like these that have been growing seven, eight months or whatever, you know. And, you know, if yeah. the weather allows it, a lot of these plants will continue to grow and grow and grow. Um, so, you know, for my peppers, and I don't remember a year where peppers, like if they produced, they either produced or they didn't. And if they produce, they produce all the way up until the frost, you yeah. know. So I've had years for sure where it was like two peppers from a plant, bell peppers. That's the reason why I started so many this year and planted so many this year. Um, and I'm really, really, really pleased. I, I've lost track with really how many are out there. So a part of the whole let's get out there before the frost, it'll give me an idea to figure out how much really is left. Because it's yeah. kind of hard now. You kind of see a pepper here, a pepper there, you know, bell peppers in particular, even though they're larger. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And because I've been doing a lot of like, I'm going back to now. This has been just over a month that I've been focused on, you know, storing food. Now I have an idea of the things that I want to do with some of this food where I didn't exactly know kind of going into the growing season. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good indeed. Good. Yeah. I, uh, so my Brussels sprouts, we're not going to say anything else cause I don't know. I saw a picture but... of someone else posting Brussels sprouts. They were growing in. Um, like a grow bag and I thought like oh I'm not even gonna show this to Ben like <laughs> I mean they where were like were they? Uh, where, I don't know I'll, I can, I think I remember where I saw it I can look back um, I got the impression that it, it, it was cooler wherever they are now though. yeah see mm-hmm. I mean like I said we're still at 85 degrees mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I have noticed in the past week they've I think they've really taken hold mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know they're really starting to push it out so um I'm pretty happy about that yeah. uh you know and, and the reality of it too is I mean they're calling for a mild winter here and okay. a mild winter means that a lot of these things could possibly either hold over in the garden Mm -hmm. or continue to grow so you know i will not be taking them out of the ground at all until unless spring comes and it's like yeah they're just not gonna make it you know but as long as they look good because last year it was the same thing my cabbages they just let them sit there and then Mm -hmm. as soon as we start like february hit and we started getting more daylight started they started getting bigger and bigger and bigger so, um, you know, that's kind of my plan now, but like I plant, I re-sowed carrots because the seeds don't like to germinate when it gets over 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, we're like, I was looking at the forecast and I was like, all right, it's so going to be just under 80. Well, 77, 85, it's, it's always over that here. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're kind of struggling, but like I had put, um, lettuce in and it instantly bolted mm-hmm. so I just replanted the lettuce thinking like okay by the time they get their roots settled and stuff it'll start to cool off because like it's got to cool off at some point yeah. here you know we're less than a month out from our first frost and literally our first frost will be like 32.2 degrees <laughs> and then it'll be 70 the next day mm-hmm. so you know I'm kind of thinking that like yeah so one of my beds now is basically all lettuce because that's what we consume the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But like, you know, you go and look in the greenhouse. I mean, it's 100 degrees in the greenhouse still. You know, yeah, I put a yeah. fan in there to try and cool it off. It keeps it like a degree cooler. It doesn't really do anything. So so you couldn't do something like a late season tomato because we still don't have enough sun by the time we're getting to this time of year. Because I mean, the um, temperatures I, are there. 
I don't know. Mm. I don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe if you ask me personally, my thoughts on this whole process, and this is like super immature, like I don't really know at all, but thinking about it off the top of my head, I've been thinking about this past couple of days is I might be able to start a second crop of tomato inside let's just say tomatoes and peppers inside and then have it run all the way up until frost, you know, essentially past the frost. Mm -hmm. But in the spring, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking that if I can get them in there and insulate it, which shouldn't be too much, that the temperatures will allow me to start getting a harvest up to a month or two ahead of time. Yeah. That's if I grow the right thing. So Mm -hmm. like if I grow like a, a, king of the north pepper in there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you know essentially that should work well but it's going to take all of this fall winter and spring to really get a feel of it and i won't really i don't think i'll be able to actually like legit grow in there like i know what i'm doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until next fall yeah you know so i'm thinking that like in the spring i'll probably put um beans tomatoes and peppers in there and just try and get like an early harvest out of it and mm-hmm. see because Maybe i already some know cucumbers yeah like a bush we'll variety see, I, or something yeah i've never grown a bush variety mm-hmm. but i'm going to look into it you know it just depends but i'm thinking that that will allow because you know in the middle of summer i'm going to abandon that bitch mm-hmm. like it you know mm-hmm. it's going to be i guarantee you it'll be 115 degree mm-hmm. 130 degrees in there yeah miserable so we'll see how that goes. But just all of that being said, I think, um, you know, like my turnips, parsnip, no, not parsnips, my turnips, rutabaga and radishes all sprouted in there and my snow peas. So, you know, I'll be I am growing in a smaller space. So like where I'd normally grow four or an eight foot row of snow peas, I'm now growing a two foot row. But my whole goal is just to get some food out of it. So we had so, the whole conversation around the sweet potatoes. Wouldn't that be a prime place to plant sweet potatoes? I don't know. You'd get time on the front end and time on the back end where it's really, really warmer. Like, you know, the tropicals, yeah. like they really well, like. And at some point it gets too hot too. Mm. Well, yeah, I was you thinking know? about it like, but I'm wondering even like 130, 120. And I know we're just, you know, spitballing it here. I'm wondering if that still may not be too hot for a sweet potato. I don't know. It's it's yeah. yeah it's worth kind of kicking the tires around with that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. When see mm-hmm. that, and if I put a shade cloth in there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can. But quite honestly, monetarily wise, I'm a little tapped out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Christmas time, I'm going to be asking for a shade cloth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually going to, you know, I'm trying to get that in a. Uh, ah, I can't say the name a louver system. Mm-hmm. The window with slats that you can uh, open okay. to let yeah. more air in and mm-hmm. out. So, you know, the idea is just to get that breeze, that air circulating mm-hmm, out of there. Mm-hmm. So, and I bought a little teeny rinky dink fan that was like solar powered for like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. I should have bought the bigger one. And I knew it, but I was like, you know what? Just give it a shot. See yeah, what happens. Yeah, see what you happens. Know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to just drop money like it's nobody's business, but mm-hmm. you know, my whole goal behind it is to be able to grow in there when I can't grow out there. So if I get anything in the spring or like early summer, then that's just an extra bonus. Yeah, we were talking about you sowing onion seeds too pretty early, you know. So that's something to think about too. Yeah, December. I'm gonna be starting them in December, and I got some bulbs and stuff too to start. So um, you know, 
I guess I got about another month before I'll start putting in um, bulbs mm-hmm. of, you know, I got a shitload of like flowers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I made a big push because I decided like there are certain flowers that grow from seed that I like, but as also bulbs are just so easy Yeah, yeah. that, you know, I, I waited and I got some on sale and stuff like that. And I made a push and got a pretty fair amount. So I'm going to just, cause they just, they do the work for you, man. Mm-hmm. They really, I think they really do, you yeah. know, and I bought all naturalizing bulbs. So they'll kind of mm. multiply that? naturalizing Mm-mm. where they kind of, they take hold and they'll just kind of multiply and you'll get more and more oh, over time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you Good know, divide, that's yeah. kind of the goal with that. But, um, it's, I have so much space and I know everyone's like, Oh, you got a lot of space, but it's like, it's not food, um, cultivable. You know, I can't really, I don't even, I may have just made that word up. Mm-hmm. I can't really grow food in some spaces of it. Cause first of all, it just wear me out trying to water it and everything, but to like to fill it up with like flowers and stuff like that. Cause bulbs, you don't really have to do a whole lot for them, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. we'll see, look at you getting y'all warm and gushy I in your know, heart. I know, I know. But flowers you know, I, I'm still, so, I'm still sowing seeds, man. I sowed kale and stuff outside. Mm-hmm. I sowed spinach, beets. I got my beets are coming up. Um, you know, you can see the trend here. It's like all cool weather stuff mm-hmm. that will be able to survive frosts and certain level of freezes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not trying to fill up my garden with it, but there are definitely sections, you know, I'm going to try and get as much lettuce as I can. Cause we eat a lot of lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, my, all of the things, um, that we started in July that we planted out September 11th. So the all of the lettuces look really really good, um, and the reason why I, you know I love a good mixed salad, and I also um, I like to use the cut and come again method. So there's at least one um, brand of lettuce that I grew that's supposed to be cold tolerant, but it definitely is the harvest the entire head kind of lettuce. It sits very low to the ground. Um, yeah. you know, so it's not as easy to kind of, you know, just pick the leaves off. Um, but I, I've noticed that everything else, like the kale is looking great. That's covered. The bok, bok choy has been getting eaten alive by the cabbage worm. And I picked cabbage worms off of the bok, the bok choy as well as the, um, the kale that's not covered in in a bed you know i think i have some um tuscan kale dinosaur kale and so i said that to say like in october the the critters are still out there yeah so once you get that frost day won't be there yeah 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 i'm looking forward to that too though for that purpose because the cabbage the cabbage caterpillars or whatever they are crushing my cabbage in my greenhouse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're crushing it and yeah. i'm spraying for it you know and I'm trying not to go buy more mm-hmm. starts, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying, you know, it's kind of how I am, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, and that's it's just so hot in there too. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure they're clamoring towards that, but that's the, the good side of it. So while things like tomatoes that for me, this is the longest that I ever get out of tomatoes in the garden and peppers, you know, so that's, it's awesome that I still have them in there. Um, but then these other like leafy greens that I really enjoy, I'm waiting to get the sweet 
collards you know once that frost yeah. hits them you know um so that's the flip Sweet of it like mm-hmm. collards yes yeah, so they say um i'm waiting to get uh to enjoy some of those things and i don't have to worry about because once again once we get a couple of kind of really cold days a couple of frosts then i don't have to worry about some of those other pests right, right. you know so that's always a good thing in my book yeah. but you know yeah. i'm i'm hungry i am too i was just gonna say and it's my turn to give the recipe. Oh, I'm even hungrier. <laughs> so hold on tight because it's time for the recipe of the day. This episode is proudly brought to you by San Diego Seed Company, a company that is dedicated to providing organic heirloom varieties of seeds for your small urban farm. That's right. You heard me. You are a small urban farmer. You provide food for your family and share with your neighbors and they are dedicated to providing you with the best seeds for a bountiful harvest. Check them out at sandiegoseedcompany.com or on social media at, you guessed it, San Diego Seed Company. All right, so since I'm having this three-year-long battle with Brussels sprouts, I'm going to give out my favorite Brussels sprout recipe. Okay. How do you like Brussels sprouts, Batavia? Um, How do you cook them? Pan fry mostly. Um, every now and again, I'll put them in the the oven to roast them. I probably eat them like I kind of one hand. The times I eat them in a year, though. Really? Mm-hmm. So I never ate them much. No, especially as a kid, like my mom ate them, and she always bought them frozen. <laughs> That's awful, mm-hmm. you know, and prepackaged in butter and all yeah. that crap. No. So what we do is we get we did preheat our oven to about 400 we get a baking sheet and we half all of the brussels sprouts that we're going to cook okay and then you take an onion and you slice your onion to your desired thickness mm-hmm. and you mix the onions and the brussels sprouts up and you put them on the baking sheet and then you roast them for i don't know till they start to brown you put oil on it Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No, we don't we don't cook with a lot of oil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can put oil on it, mm-hmm. but that would deter from the next section. Mm. So after you do that, you go and you get pecans and you take your pecans and you mix them in and then you drizzle maple syrup on it and you put them back in the oven and let the maple syrup caramelize just a little bit you don't want to burn it the other day i forgot to do that step and i did it in the beginning and started a fire so don't do what i did but you just put them in for a few minutes let it start to caramelize and then you pull it out and you let it cool and when you let it cool that syrup will get even thicker and then you serve it super easy and it literally changed my brussels sprout life it's the whole reason why i grow brussels sprouts try for three years i've fought tooth and nail yeah so you had me at pecans um yeah there's not a dish that i don't love if it has i mean it's like that's that's my one of my things and yeah. then you came back around and hit me over the head with maple syrup and i'm just like ah oh, damn it do yeah. i have brussels sprout seeds damn it <laughs> yeah. yeah that sounds delicious it's clutch, man. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good stuff. So um, it's super easy. It's fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fast-ish. But, you know, in the wintertime, like we like to bake a lot of foods in the wintertime because it heats up your house mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it's when we first had that, we had a friend and he made maple syrup and sold it. And we bought a gallon of it and 
damn it, son. <laughs> damn it. All my people up in New England and Canada that do fresh maple syrup, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Give us a shout out about that maple syrup, boy. It's, it's on fire. Wow. But uh, you can add salt to it, salt mm. and pepper, too. Just to kind of give it a test, but I wouldn't put too much else on it. Mm-hmm. So that maple syrup, man, woo, buddy. Yeah. I'm trying to think about what veggies I have that I can sub in. Like, there's nothing like. Well, I mean, I guess what's the other veggie that Brussels sprouts really taste like? Cabbage. Yeah, that's it. It's basically a mini cabbage. Yeah, and I didn't grow those either. Which um, is what I don't understand because people be like, I don't like Brussels sprouts. Hey, let me get some of that boiled cabbage. It tastes and slightly like, different, but it does definitely, it's in the family. Yeah, it does slightly taste slightly different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slightly. I think it's to the point of like, you know, uh, like you said, the times when you've had them when you were younger, it's like they've been boiled to death, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just kind of like this gooey greenness. Um, although I, I am, I mean, I come from a long line of we're going to cook every bit of, of nutrients out of that green and into that pot. You know, that's how I cook most I, of my That's what greens. a lot of people do, man. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, and a lot of recipes call for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there is something to be said about like eating raw mm-hmm. and the amount of nutrients that stay in it. But at the same time, like I like my food cooked. Yeah. But I feel like you could cook it a little bit different to save as much nutrients as you can into it, you know. And the, the food that you grow has more nutrients than the food that comes out of a farm. Yeah. I saw someone online right. yesterday um, and he was making, he's a, a chef, he was making um, collard green coleslaw. Uh-huh. So instead of your traditional cabbage, you know, it, it was kind of not good. Yeah, it was kind of a well, I think the, the bite of a collard green is different than the bite of regular cabbage. Right? Well, first you of all, know. I don't like coleslaw. So. Oh, you don't? Oh. No. And when I was growing up, every time there was, you know, in North Carolina, because Thanksgiving, we've had many Thanksgivings where we sit outside and eat. It's plenty mm-hmm. warm. Mm-hmm. Christmases, I've had plenty of Christmases wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. And every time we had a family get together, we always had coleslaw, broccoli slaw, like all these (laughs) slaws and salads. And I hated every single one of them. And it was literally like you got like, and this is when I ate meat. So you get like your chicken, your biscuits, and then like all these different slaws and salads. And I was like, ew. You know what I mean? It's like, how much mayonnaise can we yeah, really Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like, here's a bowl with mayonnaise and some vegetable. Here's another bowl with mayonnaise and yeah. some vegetable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so. funny. Yeah. So, do you remember if it was sweet or vinegary? What? The coleslaw or the slaws. No, I will eat. Uh, they're all sweet. Mm-hmm. So, I will eat coleslaw that does not have mayonnaise in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it's like a vinegar based, I'll mm-hmm. eat it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, I'm a lover I've gotten of a little bit better, but... My granny, she's like makes famous her. She's world famous for ham salad and broccoli salad. Wow, well, okay, okay. And I look at them and I'm like, <laughs> I love you, but you can go in there and make some of that cornbread you make, and now we can talk business because I'll eat the hell out of some cornbread. <laughs> I used to have a cousin. My grandmother always made it with Jiffy Mix, right? You know, so she put it in a really nice, you know, kind of old school pan, you know, so it looked look like she was in there slaving over, you know, you know, a hot kitchen. Um, and he used to, we were, this was probably when we were like six, seven, eight. And he used to always say, can I have some more cake? Can I have some more cake? Cause the way she would cut it up, you know, all you need to do is put some icing on it. Cause Jiffy mix. I don't know if you, if you guys normally would eat that. Um, it's pretty sweet. 
pretty, pretty no, I've sweet. eaten Jiffy Mix many a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, uh, she, her biscuits were to die for. Mm-hmm. And one day we asked for the recipe. Mm-hmm. And she gave us the recipe for Christmas. That was our Christmas Aww. present. And we were like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out that it was this mix that <laughs> you can only find in the country, right? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. we get it. And I'm like, Sh- I don't even care. Uh-huh. She gave us a bag of this mix. I'm like, I'm fixing to eat it. We look at the bag. It was six grams of trans fat, which wow. is the fat that never leaves your body, yeah, no matter yeah, what yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. for a biscuit the size of a quarter. Wow. And I used to eat probably four or five normal size biscuits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at dinner i'm like yeah i'm gonna die early so <laughs> it was like the best and worst christmas present you could ever mm-hmm, get because mm-hmm. it's like damn i love it but i'll never eat it again yeah and yeah. then they started making it without the trans fat and it don't taste the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah 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 so anyways, back to the garden mm-hmm. back to the garden i have to i've been putting it out putting it out i have to plant uh, my garlic bulbs. Yeah. How many did you, How many are you planning? I don't know. I think it's like 40 or something. You know, I don't yeah. do anything small. I am, I'm no. thinking I'm going to do an experiment, though, because I ordered some online. I think I'm going to just uh, put some in the ground that I ordered, that I bought from the store, because I'm curious to see how they do. I don't think you're going to have an issue. Yeah. yeah. I really I don't. You say, I was, you say that. I don't think you're going to have an issue. Mm-hmm. I think that the biggest thing is if it's hard neck or soft neck garlic. And I think if you've eaten it and you like it, then who gives a shit mm-hmm. what it is? Put it in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Because I bought some like garlic bulbs. I'm ashamed of myself for doing it, you know, like from like a company. Mm-hmm. And in all reality, I do believe that if you get it from the store, you can grow it. No problem. Yeah, that, and that's a part of, you know, when we talk about the uh, seed potatoes for your regular potatoes, your sweet potato slips, you talk about your garlic, um, like th- that's an expense and it can be a significant expense, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, making that purchase and then planting and then hoping to get a good harvest. So, you know, I've invested quite a bit into the garden over these last couple of years. Um, But a part of where I'm at now is I'm looking to see where can I cut some costs, you know? So, so yeah. So I'm listening to you, but do you hear this? No, I don't hear it. I swear, like my wife, our shower is right next to our, our, my office. I swear my wife's in there doing jumping jacks in the shower. (laughs) She's like your old, the the guy that you, uh, you guys used to live uh, a, your yeah. old neighbor up under my you. old yeah. neighbor yeah, yeah. my first neighbor uh, yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah i am um, because i got i think i have six bulbs i have no idea how many cloves it's mm-hmm. a fair amount but i definitely want to oh, do that i was counting cloves not bulbs i got i think yeah. i have six or eight bulbs yeah so garlic, i probably yeah. have about the same but i want to do more because we eat a lot of garlic mm. but i also want to save to keep that going every yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to buy them every year. You know that's, what I mean? That's exactly where I was headed when it comes to the expense. Like the only logic that I'm trying to make out of any of this is some of the sweet potatoes I'll be able to use. So basically I can look and say the money I spent across is two years, you know, because yeah. otherwise now I again, know that sweet potatoes are typically coated in wax to keep them from sprouting. Mm-hmm. So if you buy organic sweet potatoes, they're not coated in wax. And those are really what 
they recommend mm-hmm. if you're going to start from the store. So yeah. just buy a couple organic. Which well, I'm hoping the ones that for. I have. I'm hoping the ones that I that I am I just harvested will make it until the beginning yeah. of next year, and I'll be able to start slips from a few of those. Because again, ain't no sweet potato pass coming out of them. You know? No, no, and I mean that's. I don't know. I mean, I think that you need to start your sweet potatoes in like February. Yeah, you may be right. I haven't done the math. I just know I started them in April and I know that at least another month would just would have been just fine. Like I would have been better off. Um, so the so bigger, I, the better. Yeah. Because yeah. you think and I, I, I strongly suggest you do roots to mm-hmm. get the roots happy and plant i mean somebody told me straight up like if they're planted in dirt before you put them in they're not going to grow well and i was like well shit i got 50 pounds out of mm-hmm, them so i don't know mm-hmm. what the problem is yeah. you know somebody's not telling the truth yeah 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 so these two things both of these things can't be true right <laughs> like i respect you and your expertise mm-hmm. but i'm telling you what i saw mm-hmm. and what i experienced and is unparalleled yeah. so. and you have two years of doing it the more traditional way and right a different and result just, yeah right yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of this thing, man. We live and we garden and we learn. That's, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> so the last thing that I'm really doing is I'm letting some things go to seed. Mm. So my okra, I'm letting go to seed. Um, just simple fact is I'm getting a lot of okra still, mm. but I'm, I don't want to eat that much. Yeah. So I'm just letting it grow. Yeah. And my green beans, even though I don't want to grow the same green beans next year. I still want to save the seed in case I do need to grow them because, you know, the groundbreaking announcement last week is I want to do purple green beans for the simple ease of finding them to pick. Mm-hmm. So by me saving the green bean, the legit green bean seeds, I'll at least have some seed for next year, even though I already have a whole nother pack of seeds, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's just, like I said in the beginning of the year, I want to start saving seed. Yeah. And that would, you know, you don't start by not doing it. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, if somebody needs some seed or something, like I'll plant one and see if it if it grows, you know, just stick it in the dirt in, this, in the wintertime to see if it'll sprout. And if it does and somebody else needs green beans, because I don't know, man, for some reason every year somebody asks me for green bean seeds, <laughs> then I'll have yeah, green bean fair, seeds. Yeah. I'll give them the green bean seeds that I bought. And I'll use the ones if I have to, but you know, it's just also the other thing I was thinking about too, when I'm looking for all these seeds and stuff is like, it's very expensive to start a garden Mm -hmm. period, you know, but if you're buying, growing a big garden, you're buying a lot of different kinds of seeds. Like, and I do want to start saving seeds, but do I want to grow the same things every year? You know, or do yeah, I want to maybe I mean, switch up or, you but, know, you know what I'm saying? Aren't, like, you, I, aren't you saving based on, oh, I know I want to grow this. Like there are a bunch of things in my garden that I'm not like, I'm not saving seeds for those ratchet um, uh, beefsteak tomatoes. One, I have some in the package and two, I was so not impressed with them. So I'm not even going to bother saving seeds from those. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I didn't save any seeds for my better boys mm-hmm. and I still actually have a pack of seeds that I'm not, I have zero intention of growing mm-hmm. unless I just have to grow. You know, so that's all, all I have, shit, you know, is that? but no, I mean, you know, I know that I grow. So typically in the past, I've grown the same things every year, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. same varieties for the most part, you know, sometimes it'll change a little bit and next year. You know, I've done a bunch of tests this year, figured out what I did and didn't like, 
because you know a new garden is a is a time for me to kind of see what I do and don't mm-hmm, want to do. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, let me try some new stuff, some different varieties. You know, I mean, I have no problem growing your standard bell pepper. Yeah. Your green bell pepper, like I have no problem doing it. But I'm like, you know what? I have the option to try something else. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. But then going back and I'm saying, okay, but even if I do like it, maybe I want to switch it up the next year and grow the different one, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Do I buy all of these seeds at once and then just say, because I'm convinced that from here on out for years to come, that it is going to be hard to get seeds unless people really pick up production. When I say get seeds, what I'm referring to really is getting seeds from these heirloom companies and stuff like that, you know, not like Ferry Morris or Burpee, Mm -hmm. you know, they always have seeds. It seems Mm -hmm. like they don't really run out as much, but um, I I have decided on the company that I'm going to order the majority of my seeds from, and it's where my roots kind of started. And I'm going to be ordering from San Diego seed company as well, but their varieties are geared for warmer weathers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, for their weather. And I, and but my weather is not that much different. So there are some things I can use and there's some things that I can't. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to use them, but you know, it's been a, it's hard because you go online now. And what I did is I went and looked and was like, who has the most of what I need now? Yeah. Because that's a telling tale of what's going to be available the next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only a couple places that had everything and San Diego seed company was one of them. They pretty much had most of what I wanted to that I could get from them. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, I just been doing, man, it's like nauseating. I'm like, dude, I'm not even done yet, but I just want to go ahead and get it started. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, um, Ben knows half of this story. So I was saving some seeds. So uh, what I've been doing with the peppers, I'll just take the seeds out, put them on a saucer and basically say in my mind, I'll come back to you. Right. And so I had a whole little container of jalapeno peppers because, I mean, that's what I've grown the most of. You thought I had a lot of tomato plants. And so um, I was separating them like, you know, all right, good seed, bad seed, good seed, bad seed. And I I don't care who you are. I don't care how rough you are when it comes to being able to, to, you know, rub jalapenos and other peppers all over your face. That ain't me. I double up, triple up my gloves when I'm cutting them. And so it didn't occur to me to wear gloves when I was separating the seeds. And so, I mean, I was, we were talking for however long I had another call for work I was on. I was just kind of separating. I was in the kitchen, separating and separating. And then I went to go and went to my purse and got um, a jar of Vaseline, put my finger in the Vaseline, put it on my lips. And then for the next hour, my lips were on fire. Yeah. But wait, wait. So after it finally dissipated, it's like two hours later, three hours later, I went and got a napkin and I thought I was wiping out like that layer of the Vaseline because there was still some in the jar. So I put my finger back in there, put it back on my lips and did it a second time. So ultimately I threw that jar out. (laughs) Hard headed. (laughs) I'm telling you, soft behind it makes. Um, So yeah. And I basically put the other seeds in an envelope. I'm done with those. (laughs) So talking about saving pepper seeds, I just recorded a video and I was like, I'm leaving this pepper on here and I'm going to save the seeds from it. And, you know, for the record, 
I said it in the video and I'll say it here. Saving seed, the way I'm looking at it is if I save my seeds, the new gardener that doesn't know anything about it will have more seeds available. Mm -hmm. So if we all saved some portion of our seeds, Mm -hmm. there would be more seeds for everybody. So that being said, I let the pepper grow, turn red, started a wrinkle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let's get this. So I cut it, brought it home, brought it inside. I told my wife, I said, don't eat that pepper. Don't touch that pepper. Okay. I know it's red and I know it's pretty, but don't, don't, just don't. I cut it open this morning. There was five damn seeds in it. I was like, I'm not even going to save these seeds. You know what I mean? I was like, screw that. That's like on every mystical movie. It's like, these are the five seeds that will allow our country to continue. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, is like, that was literally the last pepper. And for some reason, it was just like an afterthought for me. But I was like, nah, I need to leave it out there. So I've been intentionally leaving like that and my chipotle peppers out. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking into the seeds I have for next year. I was like, well, I have hot peppers. And I planted the chipotles right next to, like literally right next to the jalapenos. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get like a cross. I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah. So like, I would be cool if it was like in another bed somewhere, but Mm -hmm. it was literally like they were touching. So I was like, okay. So I pulled all those off today too. So it's kind of a failure on my part, but yeah, at the same see, time, like, I'm more concerned about which I think once it germinates and grows, I think I'm in the clear. I think it's kind of cool if it's a plant that I thought was going to be this thing and it turns out to be slightly different. You know, yeah. obviously, as long as I'm not planting a pepper plant and it's like, whoop, there's a tomato there. Like, you know, it's not going to do anything like that. So um, that's why I'm not as worried about it. Um, I did a couple of trial runs with some a couple of random um, seeds. Like I remember I told you the uh, mango melon, my favorite, germinated fine. Um, that is definitely one that you have to be conscious of, though, because that could be any across between any number of the melons I grew because they weren't yeah. heirloom. Um, and then I did some marigolds earlier this uh, later in the summer and the germination rate was hit or miss for those. So I'll just keep that in mind, you know, because I got I mean. You talk about marigold seeds. I got a bunch of actual packages that I purchased, but those are the easiest thing to save. And every flower generates a ton of those. If that's oh, a getting, flower you're into, off. yeah. I'm not really into them, but they're yeah, so you're not useful. Crazy about them, yeah. They're they just they serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely have gotten a bunch of those, mm-hmm. and I'm not really like hung up on like oh it's not really a pretty one or anything. You know, just kind of like for me, I've, they've always grown and stayed vibrant all the way until the frost. Dude, they mm-hmm. even after the frost mm-hmm. here, they keep going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I keep, you know, I mean, I take them out every year and mm-hmm. I throw them out in the woods and just like, maybe I'll get a marigold patch. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So, no, I definitely, I've saved. So, if you go back to an episode earlier in the year when we had our goals, and I know we're going to do a podcast about mm-hmm. this, but I said that I was going to start saving seeds and that is what I have done. Yeah, I you. have not like gone crazy you know like I should have left my broccoli in to go to seed but at the same time like I didn't know the variety of it and like so like in the greenhouse I'm gonna plant a Waltham Mm -hmm. Waltham broccoli it's a 58 day variety it's a quick growing but that's a hybrid yeah yeah, yeah. so if I save the seed from that like what the hell am I gonna get Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so and the and even though I like I know, and you and I agree, like, I don't really care, Mm -hmm. but if I'm planning it because it's 58 degree or 58 day, 
and then I plant and it reverts back to an 80 day variety. <laughs> that's an issue. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. like, that's an issue. Yeah. So, um, but otherwise like my other broccolis and stuff like that, like I plan to just let them go to seed. That's why I'm adding beds mm-hmm, so I can mm-hmm. let them go to seed and go. And they take a long fully. time. Those are like, you know, things like broccoli and kale and even lettuce and things. They take a long time to go to actually yeah. produce the seed so you can harvest they it. Do. You know? And that's why you need more space, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but it, I, if I let one lettuce plant in there, it's not going to take up that much damn yeah. room. Yeah. You know, and you can trim it and all that stuff. I mean, the idea is just get the seeds and get it the hell out of there. So, but that and like zinnia seeds, and I'm not even saving those now. I'm just letting them fall where they are. I'm like, (laughs) they'll reseed next year. You know, I might go back and get like a bag of soil and just kind of cover them or something. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'm just kind of working through, you know, I've saved a lot of different flowers. Anything that's really easy to save, (laughs) I've been saving. And, um, you know, like beans, like, I mean, what's easier than a green bean? Mm-hmm. Seriously, of all the beans to do, green beans would be the easiest. Battery dead in three, two, <laughs> one. Just go to your regular camera. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll just finish it up like this. Yeah. So I've been doing a bunch of seed saving as well. Um, but I have probably focused on, um, I think I'm back, back. Mortimer, we're back. I've saved a bunch of seeds as well. Um, I did do some zinnia seeds cause they're just so freaking easy to save. You know, um, yeah, no. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they germinate, though. We'll see. They don't even look like seeds. No, no. It's just one of those weird and wacky things about nature, though. Yeah. Like, the only reason why I knew to save them as seeds is because I started some from seeds. Otherwise, I would have yeah. never thought it, you know. That's that's how I was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I tried the nasturtiums this year, and I have one that's starting to grow, mm-hmm. but I'm not really worried. But, like, I was going to save the salvia that I grew seed, but it's... It died and it dropped seed and now it's growing back. So I'm actually going to buy a pack of seeds because I, I really like salvia. It's, mm-hmm. You want to talk about pollinator friendly. Yeah. My God. So we're going to get that out there. But like the wildflower garden mm-hmm. that I started this year that I have like suspiciously not talked about at all. Mm-hmm. It got overrun with crabgrass. Okay. And I never got a bloom until about three weeks ago. And now it's like blooming everywhere. So I'm like, okay, maybe they'll go to because you know that's what I want is them to go to seed yeah. drop and all that stuff. So we'll, well kind of that's we'll another see nice thing though when it comes to flowers in particular about your area and your weather in particular um, because you still it's still warm enough for flowers that continue to bloom. Yeah, and you know, kind of a proper death, which hopefully follows by seeds being dropped. You know, so yeah, I'm rooting so for you. I hope so. <laughs> I need somebody to root for me because it's it's all new. But, you know, and I've saved seeds before, but not really like, OK, this is what I'm going to I'm going to label them and I'm going to start like a catalog. I've never done that. Mm. And um, this year coming up, the big push for like heirloom varieties is going to be very uh, trying for me. <laughs> Because they're not as disease resistant a lot of times and stuff like that. So, yeah. It well, is I mean, kind of that's, that's a huge thing, though, too. That's really huge. Um, and I'm joining you on that my future purchases of seeds 
you know, they will be of the heirloom variety because that's, you know, you're just, it's thinking more of the long-term game here, you know? So five years from now, my seed vault, the seeds I have now won't be in my seed vault. Now there is a chance that if I continue to save seeds, right? Next year's jalapeno pepper plants, if I save a plant with this year's seeds that I saved, I'm taking that plant to next year and so on and so on. So they can live through that way. Um, but yeah, I think the idea of, for me, as well as you've described, new purchases of packages of seeds will be of the heirloom variety. You know, I, I am going to balance that though with things that, you know, like I wouldn't do heirlooms for like zucchini because we I know how prone they are to, you know, getting infected you know as yeah. an example so yeah i gotta look into zucchini a little bit too um because there there are some that i just fight with so much mm-hmm. i'm like you know and if i didn't get to save a zucchini seed like i wouldn't be like yeah. totally heartbroken yeah. but some stuff like tomatoes and peppers mm-hmm. and eggplants and broccolis and all that stuff like this stuff that i, I like to grow and I, I thoroughly enjoy it so well i'm intrigued by something like because i'm still on the search for like my favorite favorite tomatoes and i'm intrigued by the idea of all right you found it but it may not taste the same next year you know unless it is you know that of an heirloom variety so well, and that's the thing too, mm-hmm. is that's why you grow heirloom mm-hmm. and you have to isolate them because you're like, yeah, I like this mm-hmm. tomato, but you can't cross pollinate mm-hmm. it with anything mm-hmm. else. So, yeah. you know, that's the big trick behind it. And it does make it, I think it adds a little level of complexity to your garden that is just mm-hmm. stunning to be exact. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better word, because, you know, there's some stuff where they're like, you can't plant anything within 400 yards of this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, damn, I mean, what grower gardener has, has that, that option? Space, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. Mm-mm. Do you? Nope. Well, there you go. Front yard, backyard. No. <laughs> you do and don't, though. Yeah, you know no, what I, get, I mean? No, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So, you know, and like. And heirlooms tend to be more expensive as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so probably a, I'll, I have a couple of them where I kind of like stumbled upon them, just didn't order them on purpose for heirlooms, but they're actually heirlooms. Um, probably less seeds too, if I had to yeah, guess. Yeah, you get yeah you get less seeds. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm ordering the bulk of mine from Botanical Interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple and, of packages from them. Yeah, well, see, stores. I started off growing with them mm-hmm. because that was what was available in my area Mm -hmm. and here they don't really have them, but I was always happy with them. They Mm -hmm. always did well. And I mean, you know, everybody else seeds do, they all do just about the same to be honest. But when it comes to price and the bulk that I needed to get, I'm like all the basic stuff I'll get from there. Mm -hmm. But if I want something specialty, that's where I'm going to branch out and go other places. So, you know, they seem to have everything too, but I think we covered the garden. I think we did. Oh, wait, I, I should think, cover my garden? No, I think we covered the garden. <laughs> oh, you should definitely should cover your garden. There's no more covering of my garden. Yeah. <laughs> your yard is so small, you could make it one giant greenhouse. That's it. That's all. In five years, she will come to it. Yeah. Well, the question is, how many years am I into contemplating it now? That's the real question. That is true. Mm-hmm. So add five years onto that. <laughs> well, for something like that, of that size, of that magnitude, yeah, you probably do need to double my average for a total of six years. It takes me to yeah. six years. <laughs> so do you have anything to tell the good people? Um, 
Get it while the getting's good, man. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Whatever the it is for you. I um Yeah, that's what I got. There you go. <laughs> so check us out on backyardgardenstv.com. Backyardgardenstv on Instagram and everywhere else. And uh, send us your questions, your listener questions. I thoroughly enjoy answering them. I do and too. I know that I've had, we've gotten messages from people saying that they were appreciative of them. So uh, hit us up, have fun, wear a mask. We're in the second wave. Be safe, eat your food, take care of your garden. If you haven't, um, check out the website though. We are putting up uh, slowly but surely, month by month, what you should be doing in your garden. And it's, we're trying to make it universal. Um, which is very hard because <laughs> some people are really cold and some people aren't, but you can make them work for you, what you're doing. And uh, until next time, you guys stay safe. Happy Halloween. And uh, boo. Okay, I scared everybody. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to us today. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Backyard Gardens Pod. And we share gardening tips and clips from the show. And we would love to see your gardens and share them with everybody. So if you want to join us and you want to share your gardens, feel free to use the hashtag BYG podcast. And if you want to see us on video, you can find us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens, where we have the full show and clips and all the recipes broken down for you. And until next time, learn to grow and grow for change. And we're going to call it a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.